open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 2. Open your Bibles and read along and take notes. Why? Because you're not here to observe. It's not a show. If you're here for a show, go home. I'm not here to perform and tap a dance for you. I'm here to engage you in the process of what God has for you. So pull out that wonderful phone that you have. I don't want to call anybody out in the middle of service and say, why aren't you taking notes, bro? Uh, so take notes. Take what God is saying to you seriously and follow along. Uh, when you look in there, look in Acts chap or Genesis chapter 2 and go to verse 7. We're going to read the word of God, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to extract the truth for today. Verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Then the Lord, verse 15, skip down to verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden and to tend it and to keep it. Now go with me to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 4 first. Acts chapter 2, it's past Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Bam, stop when you get to Acts. If you've gone to Romans or anything beyond, go backwards. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all filled, uh, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled, everybody say filled. filled. Come on, everybody say filled. filled. The whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Skip down with me to verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Lord, we thank you, God, for everything that you've done. We thank you for everything that you're going to do today. We thank you, God, Lord, that you're here. I rebuke the spirit of doubt. I rebuke the spirit of skepticism. I rebuke the spirit of division right now. I rebuke the spirit of quitting. I rebuke the spirit of fear right now. And I speak the spirit of God over this place and over every single person. God, that we might receive a word from you. That we might get a fresh manna from heaven that feeds and changes our life. I don't need another good word. I need another God word in my life. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you have a God word for each and every one of us today. And I pray that you would use me for the assignment under the anointing that you've called me to and appoint me to speak your word today. And let me flow with you, God. Let me flow with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. I'm going to take a sip of water. Josh, you got a keyboard thing going on over there? Yeah, there you go. That's what we call a praise break. Just take a praise break. And, and some of y'all, bam, 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 that's how it's supposed to go. Josh, are you, are you getting there yet? Are, you need to like, do we need to send you to a class for organ? <laughs> organ training 101. Uh, no, actually, I really love, they, you know, last week was my birthday. I think, I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but uh, I just wanted to drop that. It's my birthday. And they gave me a wonderful gift. I got a lot of gifts and cards and wonderful things. One of the things they gave me is I, I always preach, right? And I have my handkerchief with me when I preach. Uh, they got me, those ones were looking like ragged. You know how you just worn it out and it was white, so it definitely didn't look good. So then I had this and they made me one with my little initials on it, my lobster, because I'm from Maine. 
Not, it's not a friend's reference. You're my lobster. You know, that's not that one. But it's a reference to me being born in Maine. They gave me this. And I love preaching with that. But I also love preaching with the organ. That's why I like having Josh up here. So when he, yeah, when he does a little pray, when I say let's take a praise break and let's clap and let's shout and let's have God. The organ isn't for a comedic joke intermission time. This is for like to flow in the Holy Spirit. If you'll just permit me and appease my needs up here. I like flowing with an organ. Organ speaks to my heart. Speaks to my life. Speaks to the way I preach. Hallelujah. Thank you. Don't do it too much. I'll get to dancing. Just, I got to get, get warmed up here in a minute. Just, get, just give me some time. I wanted to start where the Holy Spirit led me. Genesis chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2. And I'll tell you why. He wanted me to go back. Everybody say go back. He wanted me to go to the beginning. This Thanksgiving holiday that's coming up. Sometimes you just got to go back. You have a lot of lists. I bet there's lists upon lists upon lists upon lists for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, what relatives you're going to see, what relatives you don't want to see. You're going to talk about the food you want to eat, the food you don't want to eat. You're going to make the grocery list. You're going to make all kinds of lists. But I encourage you, make a Thanksgiving list. Make a list that you can go all the way back. Say, go all the way back. That you can go all the way back to where you first found Jesus. You can go all the way back to every point you've seen him in your life. You can go all the way back to where God first found you. You go all the way back and start thanking God because one of the principles that God was trying to show me and give to you today is the principle of starting at the beginning, is going back, is going back. Before I give you, I'm going to give you, uh, we're going to continue. We t- I talked to you, my, my, the title of my message is I Am Filled, but there's three F's that I'm going to give you today. <laughs> None of them are profane, But all three F words are going to help you and empower you in your walk with God. I don't know where that ringing's coming from, but in Jesus' name, I rebuke that distraction. Uh, But we have these three words that I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me. But before we go into that, you need to understand that we got to go back. We got to go back. Because if you go back to the beginning where you first started, you'll see what you left. And if you see what you left, you can learn what you lost. I'm going to say it again and again throughout the rest of this sermon so you'll have time to write it down. When you go back to what you left, you'll learn what you lost. Because when you leave, you lose. And you have to go back. When a young athlete, for instance, I'll paint a picture for you. When a young athlete has a problem in their game, they go back to, to fix it, they go back to the fundamentals. They go back to the principles. They go back to what established them. When a believer is having trouble in their walk with the Lord, you go back to where you started. You go back to your prayer life. You go back to the word. You go back to your worship life. You go back. Somebody say, go back. You got to 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 go back because when you leave, you lose. And and some of us have left so much, we've created a lifestyle of leaving. And we're wondering why we're losing. It's because we can't stop leaving. I rebuke the spirit of quitting right now. I rebuke the spirit of leaving right now that we just want to leave every time there's an issue and a problem, a discrepancy, a difference, or I get butt hurt again. I'm going to move again. I'm going to leave again. I don't like the way they do that. I'm going to leave again. When you leave your business, you don't keep getting paid. Come on, how many have ever been am I talking to anybody who's been fired in here? Just, just, let's, just be, let's just lay it all out there. Let's confess. Let's lay that hurt and that wound out there. And you're, just, you're still mad at that boss. But you go, just, Lord, I forgive him. I bless him. You've been fired. If you get fired, you quit. You don't keep getting paid. You don't keep the benefits. Because you leave, you lose. If you leave your family, y'all hear it? If you leave your family, you can't keep the connection. If you leave your church, you can't keep the blessing. If you leave God, you can't keep the peace. If you leave, you lose. 
And some of us have made a lifestyle of leaving, and we wonder why we keep losing. And I, and I feel like that we make excuses all the time. And I hear it in church especially. Oh, God. I pray. I pray for something to just break. You know, I've heard when I first moved to Flagstaff, oh, we're kind of a transient community. Just a coming and a going. Just go with the flow, Pastor Landon. That's how we go. And everybody wanted me to just go with the flow. And what they were meaning is, I don't really belong to any church. I belong to every church because we're all the body of Christ. You couldn't have misquoted that scripture any worse. Because you know what? That's not what God called you to do. I, 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 oh, I just want to keep leaving. I just want to kind of move around. I don't want to grow any roots. I don't want to have accountability. I don't want to have any friends beyond an acquaintance. I don't want to want to go deep in a relationship. I don't want to actually be accountable and submitted to somebody. Because you know what? That's really what we're saying is I just kind of want to flow around. I want to be that transient person that doesn't get committed to where God called me to. Because you got to go back. you got to stay. One of the best advice that I got when I was a young athletic director, I was 24 years old, and I was commissioned to build you know, this program that they wanted, is I had another more mature, more successful athletic director, and he said, Landon, whatever you do, stay put. Know your school's not big. Know it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Know your, your team. Yes, and this is my first year, and we lost every single game in every single sport that I started. So he was like, no, don't quit now. Just because your teams are losing, quit blaming your losses on your athletes. Quit blaming your losses. Quit blaming your defeat on this. Stay put. Do the work. Put in the work. The grass is always greener on the other side. You need to water your own lawn. You need to take care. Quit looking at other women, men, when you need to take care of your own marriage. Oh, is this too much? Am I going a little bit too far? You need to take care of your own. You need to water your own grass. You need to fertilize your own lawn. Take care of your own stuff. Quit looking on the other side because it's always going to look greener when you're not taking care of what you're supposed to. But you got to take care of it. You got to go back and you got to say, okay, I got I to go back to what I'm going. Because when we see at the beginning with Adam, Adam is formed. Everybody say formed. See, God created the heavens and the earth and the firmament of, and he created the living creatures that creep and crawl, that fly, that soar. He created all these, and he separated the day and the night. He separated the seasons. He did all of this. But the first thing that was a hands-on project was Adam. The first hands-on project. This was a wonderful opportunity because God this is the first time God touched. And ever since God touched man, man has been longing for the touch of God. And we wanted to because why? Because God formed Adam. Say, I am formed. Write that down in your notes. I am formed because it's going to resonate with you throughout the rest of today and forever in your life. Because when you're wondering who you are and why you're here and what you were made for and you're wondering where you're going in life and what you're doing in life, you got to go back to the one who formed you. You go back to the one who shaped you, who molded you. That's why the scripture in Jeremiah, he told the prophet, he said, you are like clay in the potter's hands. You got to be clay in the potter's hands. You got to allow yourself to be formed. You got to allow yourself to be shaped. You got to allow yourself to say, okay, God, you're going to shape me. Sometimes we long for it. We're like, yes, finally. How many like organization out there? How many of my A personalities? Yeah, come on, raise your hand high. I know you like organization. You like order. You like structure. You're like, yes, Lord, give me more structure. Give me more. Give me more. And you're all constantly wanting it. And sometimes we do want that, but there are times that we don't want God to shape us. 
We don't want God because part of that process is sometimes means we got to be broken back down to be built back up. And I don't like that because that hurts. Am I preaching to anybody? That hurts. It doesn't always feel good to be stretched, to be expanded, for God to grow you, for God to say, hey, we got to take care of that. We got to knock off that pride a little bit. We got to knock off that insecurity a little bit. We got to chop this rough edge down right here. I'm going to mold you and I'm going to shape you. Let me form you. Isn't that what he says? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. How many know the scripture? How many have ever heard it before and thought he was scared? I always learned that when I was a kid, I had lots of accidents and I was always getting in trouble and I went to jail and I did all this stupid stuff. And I was like, I, I believe that scripture. He was scared when he made me. I'm crazy. I got issues. And, and I, I was like, man, I, I think that. And when I really, when I understood it, that's not what he meant. And that's not the definition of fear. Definition of fear in that scripture in Hebrew is this. It means to cautiously and carefully consider. He cautiously and carefully considered how wonderful you are. And he made everything about you. Slap your neighbor and tell him, I'm wonderful. <laughs> You're wonderful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're formed in his image. You're everything about you. And sometimes you got to get slapped. So you remember that you weren't shaped, you weren't misshapen, you weren't shaped by somebody else, some demonic presence that the past and pains of your life haven't shaped you into some disformed figure that God is the one who's the author and finisher of your fate. And no matter what you go through, he's the one who shaped you. He's the one who molded you. He's the one who has his hands on you. And he's the one saying, don't fight it. Let me get my hands on you. Don't fight the wheel. Don't fight the wheel when you're, I'm forming the wheel and I'm, I'm, I got you on the wheel and he's pedaling that little pedal and it's spinning in the water. How many are visualizing the movie Ghost right now? <laughs> Sinners. Okay, so when you picture this, he's, he's doing this and he's shaping this and he's got this mold. And you know what happens? This is what happens. If we stay in the potter's hands and if we're being formed like the clay that we're supposed to be, then we can be shaped into who we're called to be. But when we fight and we resist and I don't want to go to church every week. I don't want to pray all the time. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to witness to somebody. Are you kidding? Do I have to talk about Jesus? You know I'm going to look crazy. We're going to have to say Jesus is king and I like Kanye and God. What? Oh, y'all, come on. Let it go. Let, it, let your offense go. Go ahead and believe in Kanye. Like allow him some room. And I love it because he's not perfect, but he worships. You cannot say Jesus is king. You cannot say Jesus is king and not be submitted to the king. You, the, the flesh would never say Jesus is king. Never. But I love that a jacked up dude says, I need Jesus in my life. Because I'm like, praise God. That's me too. Preach it, Kanye. Preach it, Kanye. I was like, come to Flagstaff. Buy a house in Flagstaff. We'll put on a service in Flagstaff. I, 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 I'm all but this close of writing him and trying to get him out here. Because you know what? All he does, and you know what? One of the things I saw, he went into a prison. And I'll just tell you, I do a lot of prison ministry. Prisons do not pay you to come. They ain't going to pay you to come preach. That is out of the goodness of your little heart, and they allow you to come. He went because he wanted to see lives changed. And, and when, you're the, when you're in here, oh, I need to preach a little bit about this. When you're on the potter's uh, uh, wheel and you're being shaped by his hands, don't fight it because I'll tell you what happens. I learned in pottery. 
And I didn't take a lot of pottery classes, but I took a couple, okay? Reveals a little bit about me. But I have this, uh, you take the pottery class, what they do is the clay, if it takes the mold, it, they continue to shape. If it resists and it's not forming right, they'll break it down and they'll build it again. If it does it again, they'll break it down and build it. They'll do it three times. If the clay doesn't work after the third time, they take the clay. And back in this day, they take the clay and they throw the broken clay into the, what's called the potter's field. There's only one man who died in the potter's field. His name was Judas. And he, it, it, he hung himself in a potter's field of broken vessels who refused to be formed. Oh, I know God is speaking to somebody right now. I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is stirring to somebody. Don't get off that wheel. You're not ready yet. Don't get off. Don't, don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't fight me. Let me mold you. Let me shape you. Quit fighting what your pastor's preaching. Quit fighting what my word says. Quit fighting what worship is doing in your life. Quit fighting and start getting formed in your life. You need to stop resisting Jesus and start being formed by the hands of Jesus. Because that's what we're called to do, be formed. you got to go back, though. you got to go back to the wheel. Somebody say, go back to that wheel. Go back to that wheel. Go back to that wheel because you need to be shaped again. Might be a little lopsided. And you didn't even know it. Everybody sees it but you. And you got to understand, you got to go back to the wheel. you got to go back to the wheel. Why do you need to go back to the wheel so you can be formed? Because after you're formed, God will never form what he does not intend to fill. That's your next F word. Every time God creates a container, he has the content prepared. God has the content that you need for your life, not Facebook. I'm sure we all have a, a life outside of church, right? Okay, let's all be real. We have a work life. You, I bet you have an internet life, one that people know about, one that people don't know about. Oh. And I bet we have a Facebook social media life. I bet we have a lot of things, but what are you being filled by? Because those things weren't meant to fill you. Those things weren't meant to satisfy you. But if you allow them to be the filler of your life, you'll never reach the next phase of your life. And you'll have to start back over. And it's difficult starting back over. Don't fill yourself with the wrong stuff. you got to be filled. Because what did he do after he formed the container of Adam? He <laughs> breathed into him. And he said, I'm going to breathe the breath of life on you. What happened in Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter 2, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, they were in one place, Bridge Church, with one accord, singing hallelujah. And he said, oh, there's my people. And he breathed into them. And the breath of God fell on that place. And everybody was filled. He said, I'm pouring it out on all flesh. Who? All flesh. Who? All flesh. Oh, no, not just white people. Oh, no, not just rich people. Oh, not just good people. Oh, not just religious people. I want to pour my spirit out on men and women, sons and daughters, everybody, because I'm tired of people being bitter and butthurt, and I need to help them get over it. Somebody say, build a bridge. Come on, say, build a bridge, church, and get over it. 
God is trying to connect, and, re, and, and his way of connecting with you is through the breath of God and filling you with his word, filling you with worship. If you've lost your joy, go back to praise. If you've lost his presence, go back to his word. If you've lost your vision, go back to worship. If you've lost it, where's my organ right now? If you've lost it, you got to go back, and you got to get filled because he said, I'm going to fill you. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to fill you. I want to fill you. Because I'll never form. How miserable, how mean and cruel of a God would we serve if he just created vessels to leave empty? You ever wonder that? Why would you even make me? If you never wanted to fill me with love and if you never wanted me filled with peace and joy and happiness. Why would you put me in this world only to feel the pain and never to be filled? Why? He didn't. That's why we serve a good God. And he said, I didn't leave you nor forsake you. And I'm coming and the breath of God is coming into this house. The breath of God is coming into your family. The breath of God is going to breathe on you and fill you today. Because he doesn't want to leave a container empty today. He doesn't want it to be filled by anyone else today. He doesn't want to be satisfied by anything else today. He wants you to be filled because he loves you. And he wants to fill you. Oh, can I preach a little bit further? Can I go? Can I go? Somebody say, preach it, brother. Okay. Where's my handkerchief? When you read the text, Mary, little Mary, little, Mary was small. Mary was a tiny little woman. Mary uh, uh, was just a happy, little, cute little woman, and she was just going about her day. And as she was going about her day, she's skipping, and she's like, I'm going, going to the chapel, and we're gonna get me. Come on, sing You know the song. I'm gonna have you sing it. Want me to hand the mic? No. <laughs> He's like, dude, I will punch you. Uh, we have this, I'm telling you, like, she's just happy. She's got, she's gonna marry Joseph. Joseph, the Lion of David. She's gonna marry Joseph. She's gonna marry Joseph. Everything's gonna be taken care of. She's already betrothed. She's gonna get, oh, everything is good. And she's just walking along. And then all of a sudden, God interrupts her day. And the angel of the Lord shows up to Mary and says, Mary, you have found favor in the sight of God among women. And now I'm here to speak a word to you that the container, the vessel that God has made, that he called you Mary, named you, formed you in your mother's womb. Now it's time to be filled. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon her. And then that immaculate conception of what was to be Emmanuel, God tabernacled with us. Do you know what tabernacle means? Tabernacle means house. It means body. God God in the flesh. God embodied. It was an immaculate conception of, of, of the living God who is not man. He doesn't look like some old ZZ top with little baby Jesus next to him in his stool and the Holy Spirit floating around. The Bible says that God is spirit and those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So we worship and he said, Immaculate conception. Conception, the root word is concept. Concept means idea. The idea was made flesh. Now, how many are here in John 1? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The invisible became visible. 
the intangible all of a sudden became tangible. All of a sudden, Yahweh, Jesus, God who saves, shows up on the scene because he's never going to create a creation. Are you hearing me, church? That he doesn't intend to fill. He ain't going to put a life on this planet that he doesn't want to fill. He's not going to build a church that he doesn't want to fill. He's not going to build a home that he doesn't want to fill. He's not going to build a heart that he doesn't want to fill. He's not going to build a life that he doesn't want to fill. He's not going to give you a calling that he doesn't want to fill because God only creates things he intends to put content into and God has some great content for your life God has a great filling for your life he wants to fill you he wants to fill you I gotta I gotta keep going I gotta keep moving but I'm telling you God creates the container so that he can fill you with the right content I'm gonna give you a visual he creates a container so that he can take the content and get it in you. And he wants to get the word in you. See, that's why they had a problem. So when Jesus was born, all of a sudden, revival started to break out. Things started to change. And when God now tabernacled with us, God in the flesh, the idea made flesh, now is with us. When they came to Jesus, and he's full grown at the end of his ministry, 33 and a half years, they grabbed Jesus, and they thought they had a hold of him. They drug him up down the Via Della Rosa, and then they drug him up to the cross, and they nailed the flesh to the cross, and they thought they had stopped the word. But their problem was that they had nailed the container and not the content that the content of what was in them come on somebody give God some praise and clap your hands and shout if you don't want to praise God this isn't the church for you and you can find another place to get a show for yourself because God is not here to just entertain you God is here to fill you God is here to empower you. God is here to empower you with his spirit and breathe it into you. Because I'm pretty sure I remember a scripture in the Bible that says, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And every time the world tries to attack me, they can't win. My flesh may suffer. My flesh may endure pain. It may go up and down. But my spirit remains. That's why David said, Lord, create in me a steadfast spirit, O God. That I don't quit. A don't quit mentality. Uh, I'm going to go back and get filled mentality. That's what he told the boys on the road to Emmaus. Those little boys, they were running, running away. The disciples, they were running away and they were taking off and they were going to Emmaus. And Emmaus was known for their hot springs. It'd be like going to Lake Havasu for spring break. And so they're going to spring break and they just want to quit. They want to quit. They want to be that transient, be that leave mentality. And they leave and they're about to lose. So Jesus shows up and says, you better get your butt back to Jerusalem because I haven't filled you yet. Yes, I formed you, but you haven't been filled. And you can't do anything unless you're filled. And so he wants to fill them. He gets them back. Somebody say, go back. If you're not filled today, you got to go back. You got to go back. You got to change. You got to get on the wheel again. You got to be filled. You got to be filled with things you've never been filled before. You got to praise God like you've never praised God before. If you've lost your passion and your light, you got to go back to your praise. Because he says, those, the, the church in Revelations, if you lost your first love it, it, or you left your first love, so I'm going to take your candle. He literally took the candle, the light, the passion away from the church in Revelations because they left their first love. And because they left their love, he took 
Which brings me to my third and last point that I'm going to share with you today. You were formed to be filled. And I thank you for taking notes. You were formed to be filled. But you were filled for a function. You were filled for a function. When he formed Adam, he breathed into Adam. Then he said, Adam, take care of the garden. Tend it. Multiply. Take dominion. Name the animals. He gave him a function. And then when he filled the upper room and Peter, of all people, Peter, the same coward who denied him, the one who tried to chop somebody's head off, the one who ran back to fishing, the little cowardly Peter, the one who, could, who fell and started to sink in the water, Peter, that same guy who failed and quit and left multiple times, that same Peter is the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost and he declared the prophet Joel and he said, everybody pay attention. What changed about Peter? It's because he was filled for a function. And if you're not operating in your function, God will take away what he gave you. God will remove it. God will curse it. I'll prove it to you. Jesus did it. Jesus was walking by the fig tree. And as he walked by the fig tree, the fig tree was soaking up some rich soil. Cute little fig tree. Had leaves. Had life. It was taking. It was taking. It was taking like a lot of people come to church just to take. And he said, okay, you're not bearing any figs. Die. I'm going to curse you. You're going to die because any tree that does not bear fruit must be cut down. And he curses the fig tree because it's not operating under the function for which he filled it. He said, you're taking, but you're not giving. You, 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 I filled you, but you're not my witness. I, I, I got to start you back over. I got to empty you back out. You don't want to operate in your function? Come on, this is a challenging word, but I know somebody's going to receive it today. That you got to get back to your function. What were you creating? Can I have a witness in this place? Because he said in Acts chapter 1, I created you. I'm going to fill you with power from heaven that you may be a witness to me for, for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Where have you missed your function? Go back to what God called called and created you to do why he filled you in the first place because the bible says that we ought to operate with these signs and wonders miracles signs and wonders will follow those in the function of those who follow me but we got churches there that are impotent we got people and believers and christians that are that don't even know what they're doing they they they, they have no idea they don't want to speak up they don't want to speak out they don't want to talk about their faith they don't want to come to church and raise their hands they don't want to bring their bible to church they don't want to get in their word get in their prayer life and they're leaving so much and they're wondering why they're continually losing it's because they keep leaving why they were created and when you go back you'll gain what you lost when you go back, you'll get what you lost. But you got to go back to what you left to get what you lost. you got to go back. Somebody say it one more time with me. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Activate your faith. Speak it out loud. Get on fire for God. Be a witness. Let signs and wonders. Our church in this day, right now, in this age, has lost its morality. we got to go back to purity. We've lost the value for life. we got to go back to the life giver. We've lost our peace. we got to go back to the peace giver. we got to go back. we got to get back to what God called us to do. we got to get back to the church of reformation. we got to get back to the church of the great awakening. we got to get back to a church who's on fire for God who's excited for the things of God that's not waiting on somebody else to do it but I want to do it because I'm coming back to God I'm going to share one last illustration with you oh I got it 
How many know the story of the prodigal son? Right? One of the most prolific, well-known scriptures in the Bible and stories in the Bible. Jesus taught it. It's a parable. He says this son came to his father, and he says this. He says, hey, give me my inheritance. I'm leaving. Remember, what have we been saying? If you leave, you lose. He says, I want, I want my inheritance. I want, give, me, give me it. Just give me. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Take, 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 take. Give me. And he thought since he was taking, he was gaining. Do you see how the enemy can work in your mind? And he says, give me. So then he thought he was gaining. So then as he takes, he thought he gained. So he goes, I'm going to go on my own now. So he leaves. And he loses. He loses everything. And he's wallowing with pigs. An unclean animal in the mud. Now, it took him a little while. Doesn't it take us a while? Take us a little bit of time. When we leave God, when we leave prayer, when we leave church, bouncing around from church to church to church to church and it's a bunch of garbage. When we keep doing that, we keep leaving, we keep losing, and we're wondering why we're living a losing life. But it just took us a little while. Because, I mean, he just went out there and partied. You know. Having fun, backing it up, getting turned, whatever the kids call it these days, getting lit, whatever. I don't know. There's all kinds of phrases. I, I have no idea. I have to be educated. But I'm telling you, he, he thought, he, oh, I'm going oh, to have fun. I'm going to have sex with whoever I want to. I'm going to look at pornography. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to spend my money how I want. No, my father's house doesn't come first. No, I don't give back to my father's house. No, I don't serve my father's house. I serve me. And he thought serving himself was still gaining for him, but he didn't realize till he hit rock bottom that when he left, he lost. And when he lost, he finally realized, because God will bring you to a place of such tremendous loss that he allows you to lose so much that you finally realize without him you have nothing but with him you have everything run back run back run back come back into the arms of God come back into worship come back into praise come back into getting excited in fact man let's just stay with this stand with me right now I'm gonna close but I'm gonna tell you right now when he came back when he came back I'm up we're gonna watch the process he came back and when he came back, what did, the, what did the father do? The father formed him. How did he do that? He put the coat on him. Give him a best robe. You know, what a, you know what a new suit, or for me, a new pair of shoes does to a man? Whoo! Right? What, what, a new haircut? I, well, however I could speak to you, right? All of a sudden, I have a little, I, I've been reshaped. And then, then he puts a ring on his hand. He puts sandals on his feet. He gives him a kiss in the filth of who he is and what he's done. His father doesn't com- condemn him or speak to what he did or didn't do. His father kissed him, embraced him, empowered him, and shaped him back to the son of God that he was created to be. He shaped him and he formed him because he came back. And when he came back, then not only that, but what was the second part? He forms you to... He for, no, that, you're good jumping ahead, man. He forms you to fill you. So what did he do? He slaughtered the fatted calf, and then he fed him. And he filled him. Why? So then he could function like a son. And then he said to all his servants, put his arm around him, he said, my son has come home. 
My son is finally back home. My daughter's home. I'm telling I'm, God is speaking to somebody right now, whether you're here or you're online or you're streaming this a month later. I'm telling you, come back to God. When you come back, you'll get what you lost. When you come back to what you left, you'll get what the enemy took from you. When you come back, when you come back to praise, you get your joy. When you come back to his presence, you get your power. When you come back, somebody shout, coming back. Come on. We're coming back. We're coming back. A church that's a, on a move of God. You don't grow at the pace that we're growing and the ministry that's happening by, by not having, having a hunger and not having the presence of God in this place. It's because the anointing is here. It's because God is here. And he's saying, I want to do everything I promised for you. I want to fill you every way that your desire has. I want to fill you because you have a greater function than you know. And some of us have been living at the basement level of our function. And God's trying to elevate your perspective to the penthouse. you got to let him elevate you. You have a greater function. You need to be filled. And you need to let him form you. Some of you mature believers, you're listening to me preach. You're like, well, this is for like new people, new, new, new Jesus people. That's who this is for. No, this process is cyclical. Because once you're formed in the beginning and God saves you and God breaks into your life and then you get really changed and then you have an opportunity to be filled by the Spirit of God and then you realize the function you're able to operate in, God will only have you operate in that function for a season. Because when you're operating too long in the same old function, you get in a rut and a routine and God says it's time to break up who you used to be and I want to mold into who you can be. You think that the, God goes from glory to glory, from victory to victory. God takes you and elevates your life. The function you've been operating, you mature believers in here, is time to be broken down and built back up. And God is going to expand your territory and expand your ability to pour out and reach people like never before. That's what God wants to do. Chance, God wants to use you. God wants to use us in a powerful way that transforms the world. Can I get a witness in this place, Bridge Church? God has called us to be that. God has called us to transform the world. Our, pr our prayer team will be down here like they are every service. This, that's what this altar is for. When I've left the altar, I've left my breaking place. The altar is a place of breaking. Allow yourself to be broken. We may not all fit right here at the altar, but make that chair in front of you your altar. Make this moment an altar for you where you're broken in His presence. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray with you, and I just want you to begin to pray as well. Don't let me do, don't let me do it for you. I can't. I can't worship for you, nor can, I, nor can I make it happen for you. I can't speak faith for you, and I can't enlighten the path before you. Only your words will enact and engage the kingdom principles in your life. You have to speak it. You need to speak right now, God, I'm coming back. You need to pray right now, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back because I need to be formed again. I need to understand who created me. I need to know my identity. I need to know my purpose because, God, you want to fill me. And as you fill me, prepare me for the function that you created me for. Let me not reject the hands that direct me. God, let me not operate in my own function, but in the purposes of which you intended me to live. And, Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're going to have a church that functions 
according to your word that functions God Lord properly and healthy I want a healthy church that knows how to live for God love God and watch the power of God move and transform lives transform communities transform cities and states and nations and Lord we thank you that we're called to be world changers in here and everybody in here everybody under the sound of my voice is called to be a witness and Lord we thank you that we're going to testify We're going to praise. We're going to worship. If we've lost, we're coming back. And we're going to get back all that we lost. We've lost too much. Some of us have lost more than others. I'm telling you right now, God is speaking to your heart and saying, what you lost, you're getting back. But I need you to come home first. I need you to get ready. I need you to prepare because I'm going to form you, fill you, and then I'm going to put a function on you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I know this word is spoken to everybody, but I want, if anybody in here is saying, I want to dedicate my life to Jesus, I want to surrender my heart to Jesus today, Him as the potter that can mold me and shape me, Him as the Holy Spirit who can fill me, and Him who guides and directs the function of my life. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for those hands going up all over this building. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And, and, but before that, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, for every hand raised, come on, keep them up high. Don't be ashamed of it. Come on, be, keep them up high. Keep them bold because God's got a word for you, and he wants to fill you. If you need to be filled right now, just begin to say, Lord, fill me right now. Let the baptism of the Holy Spirit take place in my life. If you need to be reshaped, then be reshaped right now. Don't live in doubt. Don't live in insecurities. Don't live in a stubbornness of pride to say you know better. You've got it figured out. Somehow you've got an edge on belief in Christianity. No, no. No, I need the Holy Spirit to reveal everything to me, and I need Him to guide me in this process. And as God guides you, He's going to speak a function and a purpose over your life right now. With every hand raised, that's raised up, a hearts that are open, I pray a purpose arise on somebody, a destiny arises on somebody, a function. They've been wondering, God, what do I do with what I have? And God is saying, This is what I'm calling you to. This is how I'm calling you to move. How I'm calling you to function in the filling of which I've given you and for everybody who's been filled and empowered now I want everybody to pray this prayer and repeat after me dear Jesus I receive you now as my Lord as my Savior as my Heavenly Father as the potter is to the clay so you are to me I give my life to you I'm forever yours and I am saved In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, give God some praise. Come on.